Go shorty, it's your birthday. We're gonna party like it's your birthday. Hi, I am Harry. And I'm Tim. And this is Tracks. You alright, mate? Hello there, Tim. How's it going? Very well, thanks. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Welcome back. Thank you. To your own podcast. Yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah? Yeah. How did it feel to be away for a week? Um, different. Yeah? It was, it was, I mean, the whole experience was quite strange, kind of getting through a very well formatted podcast, Tim. Well done. Thank you. Um, to edit this thing that had been put together and I had no part in it and it was, it was strange. I mean, I did have a part in it in the end, but yeah, yeah. It was, it's, it was strange and I, I kind of liked it. Did you? Yeah. Are <laughs> you thinking of taking a back seat from now on? For listeners who Absolutely don't, not. who didn't tune in last week and don't know. Yeah, Harry Harry was, for the first time ever, not on the podcast. We've done, like, summer mixes and stuff before, which haven't had the other on. But I think we've always recorded them as, in the same room as each other. Yeah. Um, this was the first full-length episode that had that was just purely one person's doing. Yeah. And I, I know it's difficult, because I've done a 20-second intro yeah. on my own, and that was tricky. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, it was stressful. Yeah. I was stressed the whole time doing it, and I... At first, I tried to record it like totally off the bat, and then I thought I can't do this. Oh, really? You had you had a, an attempt at that? Yeah, I tried on. So I think it was the Tuesday I recorded it all and sent it to you. Yeah. I tried to start on the Monday. I did a little bit of recording, and I was just like, was no. it just silent? Were there too many silences when you forgot what to say? I or? just kept going. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling. What was bizarre about the whole thing was that I felt more self-conscious doing it on my own. Yeah. Than I do I with other people in the room. Like we've recorded with loads of people around us, and it's been totally fine. Like producers listening in, no, numerous guests, management, all sorts. Yeah. And that hasn't made Maybe it's me the as pressure that kind of helps that. I don't know. It just I've yeah I just felt much more odd sitting there talking to myself. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, yeah really bizarre sensation. Whereas I have um, been I just started listening to um, a podcast that you've been listening to for a long time, Bill Burr. Yeah. Um, and people like Mark Maron as well. They're all very good at just talking themselves. Although I get the I think Bill Burr is totally like off the cuff. Like, yeah. Even if he's recording in what seems like a great opera hall or something, <laughs> like yeah. why has he got that effect? I just don't think he cares. If if people don't know, he sounds like this. And I'm I'm doing the effect now, Tim. Yeah. This is what he sounds. This is actually how his podcast sounds, and yeah. it's absolutely mad. But it's that his whole thing is that it's totally rough and ready. Like there's no editing. There's no jingle at the beginning. It's just. Hey, what's up? It's Bill Burr. That, <laughs> like straight that's away. The thing. I think to get that to get whatever he's doing there, there has to be some kind of editing. It feels like he's going through a filter. <laughs> I don't know what he's unless doing. he's doing it in a huge room. I'd love to know his setup. I'm sure it's, it's he's room. the kind of guy that's just like I think it's just, just in his house. On my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about anything. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, but in terms of like people preparing, I think Mark Merrin, his his openings they sound very ad libbed, but I'm I think he does them like a little mini stand-up routine. So I think he's got quite specific notes of what he's going to talk about. He's just... Yeah, because then he fits in kind of sponsors and stuff yeah. quite, quite seamlessly. I think he's just, it? obviously because he's been doing stand-up for so many years, I just think he's just astute at uh, delivering it in that way. I guess we are forgetting, yeah, that these are two people that literally go up on stage for an hour yeah. and talk themselves <laughs> without anybody else. Yeah. 
Adam Buxton, his intros, I always think he's quite good at making them sound like off the cuff as well. And like mm. his little jokes with his dog, like he's just made them up on the spot. I guarantee he's thought about them before. They're in his notes. I don't know if he's got notes, but you might have thought about them before. But I think he's these def- are just all very good people. No, that... he's definitely got notes. Buxton. Really? Yeah, I think so. Because his introductions okay. to the guests are always too specific for him to not have notes. Yeah. Because he starts talking about specific parts of the conversation and things that they've done in the past and all that. And it's like, yeah, you've planned all this for sure. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, no. as I say, that was our first scripted episode pretty much because I wrote the whole thing yeah. beforehand. No, I, c- I could tell that there was there was definitely some scripting going on. But like I said to you earlier, it sounds kind of like a nice little professional thing. Yeah. And it was so easy for me to edit because uh, Tim kind of split each section up into about 20 different pieces yeah. with, with the tracks included. And it was, I probably edited it within half an hour 45 minutes nice yeah it was seamless it was yeah. brilliant so well when done. are you going to do it uh, I don't know if people need that in their life <laughs> I think we do I will I definitely think... do the whole writing it down as well because I would not yeah. be able to do it yeah but... I, th- I think I need a week off that, I mean that's what we're really talking about here yeah right yeah, um, yeah we, we, we can sort that out at some point oh nice sure. one I can't wait yeah Um. so in all your time off what have you been up to we know Again, regular listeners will know you were at Snail Mail the other night. I was at Snail Mail. That was a really good evening, actually. Yeah. Uh, although we finished um, and then went to the toilet and pe- people did not seem to enjoy it. It was really? just four or five lads just saying, yeah, that was so shit. And they were all concurring with each other. Like, yeah, that was trash. Now, we've For- seen her before and it was the same kind of thing. She's she sat, I mean, she's got a voice. She's like yeah. 17, 18 years old. She sounds like she's been smoking for 30 years. Yeah. Um, there are lots of these elements it seems a bit scratchy every now and then like the, the occasional wrong note being played and people coming in it, it it kind of works yeah at least I don't it didn't seem to be anything I didn't expect or wouldn't have expected it's odd to if it was similar to when we saw Snail Mail mm. the thing that surprises me about people not liking it is like what what expectation did they arrive there with because that her, the show that we saw was exactly what I'd expect. Yeah, because it Mel sounds almost like the recordings. Yeah. You know, they're not they're not glam and, like, um, really sheeny. They're... Yeah, and it's not bouncing around the stage kind of music. It's, you know, heartfelt delivery yeah. with a guitar behind a mic. You know, vulnerability, uh, that kind of thing. That's all part of the package. What would you turn up hoping for and then not get I to stand know. in the toilet saying it was shit? Maybe they're the kind of people that didn't know much about her or they're... Boyfriends yeah. of girlfriends that liked them, or yeah, something that could, like that, could be the case. I don't know what it was, but I didn't really like their reception to it. I was, I was surprised. I don't, I don't mind that they have different opinions. I was just surprised. It's a funny thing about gigs, isn't it? Because I kind of think any band that I like, I don't think I've ever left and not enjoyed the gig. Yeah, if that makes sense. They, although obviously some people put on a better show than others. If you mm. like the band, you you leave and think, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Like so, maybe it must have been that. that There's just... definitely people I've seen for like the first time after kind of liking them a bit, and I've been like, yeah. Or like, but even then, it's somebody that I'm probably not that into. If I'm yeah. into them, then I'll probably like it. Yeah, unless like, they really make some mistakes or something. But like thinking of like when we saw Mr. Dukes, yeah, we were a bit nonplussed by the live set. Yeah, I mean they did a great job and it was yeah. very good. It was just like, yeah. That was it, really. <laughs> we were just a bit like, mm, yeah. nice. Should we go yeah. now? It's nice. That was, that was the best way of like explaining what it was like. Yeah, nice. Um, so I suppose yeah, that I have had ones where I've been a little bit underwhelmed, but I've never stood in a toilet saying it was shit. No, no. 
Absolutely boo those it. guys. Did you boo them? Um, no, I pissed on them. Did you? <laughs> it's yeah. even better. This is what I think of you. <laughs> Your shit. Ah. Um, no, I did not. Um, what have you been up to? <laughs> um, I don't think you finished what you've been up to, but what have no, I been up to? That will go into my highlight, Tim. Oh, okay, lovely stuff. Uh, I haven't been up to that much, really, because I spoke to everyone two days ago. Uh, yeah, true. Um, what have I been doing? Still not drinking. 15 days sober. That's good. I promised to... Uh, Half a month. Yeah, I promised to keep everyone updated, and I am. Good. Um, pretty confident of making it through this weekend. Have you been anywhere where you'd normally drink? Um, Not that I'm like, ha, you yeah. haven't even chested yourself. I'm just I like went wondering. to, I watched the football at the pub. I went to some comedy uh, mm. at the Comedia, a These comedy drink, show. drinky places. Um, I've been out for dinners. What were you drinking at the pub for football? I had a diet coke. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, that's your poison at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, see it running. I know. I, this is the funny thing that I realise. I remember when my mum stopped smoking mm. when like, I was younger, and she, we all like made fun of her because she one hundred percent replaced cigarettes with like snacker jacks. You know, like rice cakes. <laughs> yeah. She would eat like a pack of the caramel big ones. However many there there is in those big big packs, you'd eat 12. about two of those a day. Really, every day, just <laughs> constantly eating rice cakes. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, I um, when I first started, uh, when I first quit smoking, I drank a lot of Coke. Coke yeah. was the thing. I just thought, right, I yeah. need to fill it with something, and it can't be healthy. Yeah, it's got to be something like that. I know, and I realised it took it took me maybe a week, ten days, to realise that I'd totally substituted alcohol for sugar. Like sugar yeah. consumption has gone up big time. Really? So I'll I'll go down on that next, and then I'll probably start smoking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No way. I could never see you with a cigarette. I know no. that would be yeah. such a bizarre sight. I just think some people it doesn't suit. Some people look cool. I know you shouldn't say that, but some people no, you're right. do a little bit. I did look cool. But imagine, just imagine me. Yeah, no, I'd look ridiculous. I would be like Tim. What is happening? Because I've seen you smoke like a. Yeah, thing, and even that looks weird. And I'm like, Tim, don't worry about it. <laughs> you, can it <laughs> you can put it down. You know, take a drink. Someone else. Yeah, looks weird. Yeah. Um. Yeah, interesting. But yeah. well done. Thank well you done. very much. I'm proud of you. Cheers. Just try and get another 15 days, and then I reckon. More, I reckon right? I'm going to make it to a month easy. Yeah, and then... it was the was the test all year. Was it to Christmas or something? Until like Christmas parties start. Yeah. Again. Again. Until mm. they start for the first time. Oh, um, well, it will be again. Yeah. Uh, and then, <laughs> then obviously, I'm not. I'm not gonna sit out on the Christmas festive period. Which, mm. by the way, I noticed you mentioned my diet cokes. Yeah. It's only a bloody Christmas coke. It's a Christmas coke. Um, Must be that time of year. Yeah. Holidays are coming. We're working. Holidays are coming. On holidays are coming. <laughs> um, this is related. Oh, uh, is it? Well, my company have just brought out its first Aldi advert. Oh. Um, Kevin the carrot. That's what it is this year. Yeah. What was it last year? With broccoli or something. No, it's Kevin again. Oh. I think it's been for maybe three years. Uh, but it there's out. a new adventure, and it starts with something very similar to a Coca-Cola lorry. Um, I'll I'll show you it later. Pepsi minivan. Yeah. But this is, I mean, November first. It's officially when all the Christmas ads start rolling out. Wow. Yep. It really is a sixth of the yeah. year is Christmas. I've started seeing decorations. Oh going yeah, up. everywhere. Or in London. Absolutely everywhere. And I'm I'm gonna be honest, I quite like it. 
Yeah. I was feeling festive last week for some reason. I can't remember why. Cold? Yeah, maybe I was just cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was... Is it Christmas? No, just cold. <laughs> oh, I went... That's one thing that I did in the last week. So, last um, Saturday... Yeah. It was kind of like Halloween-type day, wasn't it? It was sort of kind of Halloween-type day. An yeah. unofficial Halloween, although Halloween was obviously just Yeah, gone. no, it was, yeah. Um, so, myself and the missus, we went to, like, this pumpkin, like, festival thing <laughs> in Dolston in mm. London. Uh, no, it was cool. There was, like, just millions and millions of, like, carved pumpkins with all the candles in and stuff. It was really cool. But it was really cold, so we went, like, next door yeah. to, like, this antique shop coffee shop type thing classic um yeah very very hipster yeah but what happened next was like the least cool hipster thing ever but like, i've always not been that good with dust but it <laughs> turns out like going? in the last like since last year or something in the last year i've developed like a proper allergy to dust like i cannot cope with it anymore really? and like from this antique shop pretty much from the yeah. minute i left i must have sneezed <laughs> 200 times that night like that night the most you left yeah within like the space of a few hours does it work like that the most unbelievable amount of sneezing you've ever seen in your entire life and it had happened to me a couple of weeks previously were you getting like dizzy or something it was insane I was like I was we went tried to go for dinner and I was just like (laughs) sneezing and sneezing and sneezing did you think you were getting ill like I, I didn't know what was going on I was just like... The, You're assuming it's the dust then? Yeah. It's it's a bit like when I realised I was allergic to dairy. Like, yeah. it, suddenly <laughs> that piece yourself. fits in and like, it's, oh yeah, that time and that time and that time. Right. And all these things. Yeah, it turns out like, big old dust allergies cropped up out of nowhere, but is now the bane of my life. Just trying to think if there's anywhere dusty in this house that I could test this please don't no I won't I won't. Well, I've bought antihistamines now and they're in my bag and they're going everywhere with me um, yeah so that, that's news for everyone <laughs> yeah, nice one um, I'm no longer drinking and allergic to dust yeah I know what an absolute nerd <laughs> yeah right um, put your glasses back on you geek you're wearing glasses and I'm not so no, how no. are you throwing that one about I don't know I'm just bringing up stereotypes ah I see Nice of you. Let's move on to musical highlights of the week. Yes. Harry, do you have one? I really do. You really do? I really do. Really, um, really do. So people who listened last week know because of Tim's inventive way of speaking. <laughs> um, but I've been away basically for quite a while to play Red Dead Redemption that came out last Friday, the 26th of October. Um a day that you'll always remember. I really will. Um, <laughs> so I went to a wedding on the Thursday and got home about 10 to midnight and it was it was ready to go. So I just waited 10 minutes, I got a coffee. Room was great. I had a few candles going. It was of course you did. wonderful. And I sat there for about four hours playing. Um, till 4am. Till 4am. And then I basically did that Saturday, Sunday and Monday, which I had off. I had all the days off. Yeah. So I got through quite a bit of it and I played it solidly. I So over the course of those days, how many hours roughly? I do know you exactly. You played? Oh, um I think <laughs> by by Monday evening I had played a day and sixteen hours. You had played for forty hours. <laughs> I think so. 
<laughs> maybe that was was maybe that was by Wednesday. That or is, something. Even by Wednesday, that is absolutely yeah incredible. That I think that includes time where the game's going and I'm not there. I doubt there which was that, that there was a little time. bit of that, but there was definitely a time. I think Saturday when I had <laughs> it was like eight o'clock in the evening and I was like, oh, I think I've literally not maybe not played this for a maybe an hour and a half of the day. <laughs> That's it. That's it was mad. non-stop. It was. It's okay. So it's honestly. The best thing I've ever played. It's the best thing I've ever watched. It's got the best... Well, this is why it's my highlight. It's got an incredible soundtrack. It's one of these things that works so well you almost don't know it's there. But the the reason why I think gaming is such a strange thing when it comes down to music, and it's, yeah. it's so difficult to get it right because you're a thing that is moving around everywhere. And you're constantly making these decisions whether you're going to go in somewhere and be bad, whether you're going to go into a shop, whether you're going to ride over the hills. And the music is constantly changing to to go along with what you're doing. Yeah. So the way it's scored and how it fits together, I have no idea how they do it. It's absolutely genius. But this is an incredible soundtrack. Um, I'm just going to go straight onto it. Otherwise, I'll talk about the game forever and what you can do and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But and we'll we'll go down a rabbit hole as we did early, where yeah. we start just getting scared and thinking that AI is taking over and yeah. we're gonna get lost in a virtual world. We basically, I was talking about how immersive the world is and how close it's the closest anyone's got to the real world in a game to the point where it was weird going out into the real world. Yeah, because I was like, oh, like I kind of forgotten how to actually do <laughs> life because I've You're been trying to press a, a button to pick things up with your yeah. arm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a mate. There's this thing where every time you like kind of go to your horse, you can like clean it or or like um, brush it, feed him, Sounds or her, <laughs> uh, just to kind of get your chem- like your chemistry or whatever it is up with the horse, so then it can do new things and stuff. And just like I've got a horse, it's called uh, Django, uh, and I've got another ho- horse called Bojack, and I've got another one called Ayla who is my new horse and she's absolutely wonderful <laughs> um and you you grow this like real bond with them like because when they die they die that's it they're dead yeah. you can't bring it back to life um i've forgotten my point but we were saying that it's such an immersive world that this is the way things are going it's getting to the point where we're going to create such immersive worlds that people are going to choose to live in that world rather than their own i mean you already kind of did you spent all but one and a half hours on Saturday in that world rather than yeah your own. Yeah, and it's... Because it's almost like anything I wanted to do, I could do. There yeah. were no... There's no real restrictions. Um, so then we... I mean, we really went deep into the fact that life is a simulation. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, we were just asking many questions and yeah. it really got there. But this started to be like, oh yeah, maybe this is true then because this kind of illustrates the fact that yeah, life's pretty boring yeah. when you could be a cowboy. I mean, if this sounds like we're completely insane, go and listen to Elon Musk's Joe Rogan yeah. interview because he goes into it like quite deep and is quite scary about it all. But like, there is genuine theories about... Um, well, one, that we're living in a simulation now, which I don't think I believe, but I could also believe it slightly at the it's same time. It's fun to think about, isn't it? Yeah, and but also the fact that, like you say, the the progression we're going at a certain point like you say, you feel a real connection, almost mm. a human emotional connection to, there are to a virtual emotional connections, yeah. um, being. And this is only the tip of the iceberg of that. You know, yeah. if you're fully immersed and it's sort of um, 
triggering all your different senses, this world, then why is that relationship you any know, different if, to... If, uh, we'll move on quickly, but <laughs> if, you know, if there's a, a game or something where you can go and be a musician in a world that loves you and do all this stuff, or be, you know, well, I mean, whatever, well, I a movie star or whatever. I used to be like, yeah! Exactly. If you could go and do that, but in your real life you're an accountant and you hate it, but there's this game that comes out where you can sink your life into it yeah. and you can be whoever you want to be and do whatever you want to do. Yeah. But you can actually feel things. Yeah. Then who's gonna, not going to want to do that? Exactly. And that's what we're going towards. Yeah. And Although shout out accountants. Our kids. You might have are. nice lives. Oh yeah, no, sorry. I was just <laughs> I had to pick any job. Sorry. It was never, there's no right, right or wrong yeah. answer. Um, just, it's just a bit sad to imagine there's an accountant that <laughs> yeah, that's right I, now listening like, oh. <laughs> I do hate it. <laughs> That's just because I'm bad with numbers. So that's my that's really <laughs> job. Yeah, our kids are fucked. Yeah. Um, so basically, this has got an incredible soundtrack. Um, now, I won't get into spoiler territory just for anybody else, and there will be other people of listening course. who will play this. As you tried to um, tell me earlier, 700 million people have bought this game <laughs> yeah. in a week. So. I was wrong. <laughs> I got the numbers wrong. I just said I'm bad with numbers. Um, I think it's 780 or 1,000 or something in the week, the first weekend. There's still a lot. Yeah. So, so many people have taken part in creating this kind of soundtrack for this whole game. I mean, the game's 60 plus hours long, uh, and that's just the story. Um, from Johnny Cash's engineer, David Ferguson, uh, Sons, of An- Sons of Anarchy's David Relic, True Detective's Gab- Gabe Witcher, um, and then their, their Bob Dylan producer, doesn't have his name, <laughs> oh, Daniel Lan- Lanois, Lanois? Mm. I'm going to go with Lamoir. Um <laughs> with Brian Eno collaborating. Uh, vocal performances from D'Angelo, Willie Nelson, Nas, Josh Homme, uh, and an original track by David Ferguson. Big uh, names. Big names. And Heavy hitters. Not just big names, but real established artists and producers. Yeah. I can't remember a Nas bit. I haven't got to that bit yet. Yeah. When there's the cowboys, <laughs> the crazy. I can't, I'm not a rapper. Um, but the track I'm actually going to play is by D'Angelo, and it's called Unshaken. And it's it, it is so well. The reason why I say it's like a film is because a scene happens, a song plays. You're living it out, but it's the same as watching a film. And there was there's an amazing scene that you remember forever. And you go through this basically two-hour thing that happens, and then you're just kind of riding along the fields, trying to get to somewhere. And this song is in the background, and the kind of game sounds go down, and the music comes up. And I just remember being like, oh, I just think this is the best. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just in awe of what they've created. Um, So the song, like I say, Unshaken by D'Angelo. I'm going to play it here everyone play this go and watch it do something it's it's surely it's just breathtaking every drop you can take in um so yeah this is the track unshaken Did I hear a thunder? 
Shaken by D'Angelo on the spectacular Red Dead Redemption 2 <laughs> soundtrack. Uh, Tim, it won't be as good, but what is your highlight? Well, actually, my main highlight is Bear. Um, and yourself. Huh? Nothing. No, it definitely is. Um, and people who listened to last week's episode will have got a little teaser of what it's going to be hmm. in the phone call with my very own father. Father! Father! Um, <laughs> he mentioned that he had made me some art made you a picture and he did make <laughs> me also yeah but that's not what he mentioned um so my dad makes a lot of different kind of 3d artworks um he's made kind of things 
of like the center of a flower out of little spikes. He's made a shape of his own head. <laughs> He's made all sorts. But one of his kind of uh, signature creations is he makes essentially the Joy Division Unknown Pleasures album in 3D. So he's made more than one? He's met. I think this is his third one. Okay. So my mum's got one, my little sister's got one, and now I've got one. Um, Although mine's the first white with black lines. It was actually the way the first, the Joy Division used it first, and then, but the black one became more famous. Anyway, um, so he gets these thin strips of wood, makes the sound waves, and they've got kind of a black rim, and then they're white on the flat side, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's not the easiest thing to describe on a podcast, but essentially, it's just amazing. So you, as you move towards it, you can see more and more of the kind of... I know I just moved away from the mic there, such bad <laughs> technique. Um, you can see more and more of the kind of texture of the waves. Mm. Um, it's unbelievable. I've seen it. It's truly spectacular. I would love one if he's got time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll oblige. Um, but it can't be my full highlight of the week purely because it so doesn't lend itself Visual to medium. this medium. <laughs> yeah. um, but absolutely, shout out my dad. I love it so yeah. much. It's um, you know, all, it's immediately become my prized possession. Do you remember a few episodes ago when we talked <laughs> yeah. about house fires and what would you save? That would be very susceptible. <laughs> <in fire. laughs> yeah, I mean it would go up in flames <laughs> um, unless I somehow managed to get out of the house, and I would try with all of my might yeah. um, so shout out my dad you're my true highlight of the week your art but I'm going to have to play a song um, so I'm going to go for a new project by Rebecca Taylor of Slow Club were you a fan of Slow Club? Um, I wouldn't say a fan but new of and liked yeah well uh, she's kind of broken off a bit and I, she's a really really interesting character generally speaking I follow her on Twitter and mm. um you know, it's people who just have a really nice way with words. Yeah. She'll, she'll do very simple, very little tweets, but you just think, oh, you've phrased that really interestingly, like, really nicely. <laughs> and I kind of hate you for it because I should have thought of that, but I didn't. Um, she's really, really cool, really creative. And she's, um, yeah, she's putting out some new music under the name Self Esteem, which uh, is actually quite a quite a long removal from, uh, from Slow Club, but I'm really into it. There was a song called Your Wife, which came out, I think, maybe the beginning of September. Which I thought, yeah, I'm interested to see where this goes next. And now it has gone somewhere next with the tune Rollout, which came out, I think, last week. It's the kind of slick, really well done pop that I'm pretty sort of partial to. Mm. Um, female vocals, obviously. Bit of attitude. Really nice production. Just a really cool track. I think it might be a little bit divisive. It might be a little bit too poppy for some people, but I really like it. I think it's done really well, and I think we need to move through these highlights a little bit quicker than we have done. So I'm going to play it right now.
so there you have it. That was self-esteem with rollout. Harry, any thoughts? Yeah, I I liked it. Um, I'll be interested to hear more. Uh, I have a bit of trouble kind of placing it in terms of like, you know, that thing music fans do where they just try to kind of think what else it sounds like or what what genre they're putting it in stuff like that I mean funnily enough what we're going to come to on the rest of the episode I feel like it fits in quite well I think it's got a real kind yeah. of throwback vibe to it yeah. um, there's almost like shouts out to kind of R&B kind of stuff in yeah. there and she, she's a very cool person I was just looking at her Instagram and yeah. Twitter and that and she's one of them people in a room I'd be like we should never talk you're <laughs> far too cool, cool for me yeah. yeah yeah that's what people from Sheffield are like <laughs> Um, yeah but she really is and I think um, there's an originality to it despite the fact that some of the instrumentation maybe isn't um, not been done before she brings something to the party that just kind of uh, sets it apart Mm -hmm. Um, yeah well worth keeping an eye on and a track that is a grower the more I've heard it this week I've listened to it quite a lot Um, the more I've heard it the more I've enjoyed it Um, so yeah persevere with that one wicked nice well, that brings to an end our musical highlights of the week. When you turn 32, Jeez. how do you imagine you'll celebrate? With a nice candlelit bath <laughs> in Bath. Wow. You seem to think that Roman that will be baths. a very old age you'll have reached. Will you be in slippers and a fluffy dressing gown? No, and... Tim. Like I said, it'll be in the Roman baths. It'll be a party fiasco oh nice party fiasco <laughs> party sensation <laughs> nice. is fiasco bad party bonanza <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a big party no it'll end like a fiasco people yeah. will be like this is so good i'm just running around hitting myself <laughs> on the walls nice it's a dangerous place to be yeah i me- stop letting me talk just move on <laughs> <laughs> well I'll tell you who didn't make their 32nd birthday fiasco. Okay. Drake. (laughs) (laughs) Because last week, uh, the famous Canadian rapsmith hosted his 32nd birthday party in Los Angeles, and it was themed. How do you feel about a themed party, generally speaking? Uh, As long as you're not, like, forced to kind of dress up and that then no I, I, I don't mind a theme. you've got a bit of a problem with forced fun haven't you and fancy dress definitely falls into that sometimes if I'm not yeah. up to it I don't want to take part but yeah yeah well anyway everyone did take part the theme was noughties the noughties the zeros yeah years that I lived through yeah and I remembered me too and I struggle to think <laughs> that they are now retro like quirky um you know nostalgia filled yeah years when they just feel like yesterday to me but anyway he threw this party people are there in kind of velour tracksuits was a big look timberland boots with massive massive jeans a massive kind of 
basketball shirts, mm. um, bandanas, hairs in braids, that kind of thing. Basically, think of the R. Kelly remix ignition video, and that's basically what Drake's birthday party looked like. I found it interesting. I was looking through pictures earlier. He was pic- He had pictures of himself in three different outfits holding the same flip phone. Yeah. I mean, the I fact that he made the flip phone, phone as a prop, I just thought was a bit odd. But the fact that he kept posing with it as well, like he was really impressed that he'd yeah, got he's that. He's like, guys, Motorola. Motorola. <laughs> <laughs> um, but despite my reticence, there's no escaping the fact that that era now is just... That is the past. We're nearly a decade away from that whole era. Well, the very beginning... And a lot of the time, which he... I think the party... Although it was called a noughties party, I think references from, say, 2009 would have been slightly frowned upon. He was talking, like, 2002, 2003. That peak kind of era. Yeah. And that's nearly... You know, that's 15... Nearly 20 years ago. Yeah. So, in fairness, it does make sense. And... If fashion kind of goes in the direction that I think it does... (laughs) Like... At the moment, 90s fashion is very in. Yeah. And it all seems to just go in a big cycle. Do you so, think the the white socks with the higher kind of jeans and that, is that a 90s thing or is that more 80s? I think that's 90s. Yeah. I mean, for us, like I started rolling the bottom of my jeans up yeah. because the Maccabees did it. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, I, where they got that from, I'm not sure. But so to me, that's like a... Well, now that was a kind of a tight roll up. Yeah. Whereas now it's it's kind of like quite loose and the white the white socks is very current right now isn't it yeah yeah it's and it's weird how those things change and you kind of imagine that's what I'll be like forever I I often catch myself doing that I remember buying a pair of black jeans a few years ago and thinking to myself I love the way these fit so much Mm. I am literally going to wear this kind of trousers for the rest of my life yeah, and I wouldn't be seen dead in them. They were so skinny. Yeah, right. Um, and so the like the crotch was so high, and like they just weren't flattering at all. They were terrible. Um, but now I've also reached a point where I've got like I wear quite loose fitting trousers now, and I think I'm yeah. just gonna always wear these. You do, don't you? Yeah. I mean, you've got checkered kind of dog tooth pattern trouser things on. Yeah, I've got quite fancy I've got ones a in today. Shirt in there that would work great with those. Nice. You'd be. I was going to say invisible, but only if you were in a room <laughs> made of that. Uh, yeah. Um, my top half would be indecipherable from my bottom half. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting off track here. <laughs> um, the noughties. Yeah. It's the next big thing, and we're going to pretty say that <laughs> say by that. playing some noughties music. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, let's do All that. makes sense, sort of. Yeah. It's going to be a massive throwback, and... It- I tell you what, we've had some fun picking these. We songs really for. have. We were sat here for. I mean, it's quite late now because most. I mean, we've had a chat as well, but most of the time we've just been going through old tracks and being yeah. like, "This one, this one, this one, this one," and be like, "No, we can't play thirty-eight tracks each." There, yeah, there are very few episodes which have had a long list for me as long as this one. Mm. I could have played fifty songs. Yeah, you're lucky. I'm not listeners because that would have taken a while. Yeah, let's play our first one though. Yeah, <laughs> nice. You're up, Harry. Okay. I will take the first bat. That's not a thing that people say. So the first track I'm going to go for is um, a track that takes me back um, quite <laughs> <That's the point. laughs> to 2003. Okay. Um, 
Now, I remember getting this on CD, uh, and I remember sitting in the back of the car with my CD player. <laughs> Walkman. Uh, Walkman was tapes, wasn't it? I think there was a CD Walkman too. Maybe. It was... I remember it because I remember trying to fit it into my school yeah. pocket and, like, it jogging and, yeah. like, walking to school, just kind of try, making one leg kind of straight and not move as much. To my knowledge, they <laughs> never really got past the issue with the CD Walkman type thing. No. That they never worked out the fact that if CDs move around, they don't play properly. No. They're always like, jog, jog. Yeah. Um, but I remember sitting in the back of the car, the song. I'll start with the song. <laughs> um, the track is Stole by Kelly Rowland. Interesting. It is interesting because it's it was such a weird... I mean, what was I? Seven... I was ten. Yeah. So, why this was ever on my radar... I'm not really sure. I know that during this time I was quite into R&B almost only. And then I kind of found your M&Ms and your 50 cents and I started to move into kind of a bit more rap and hip hop stuff. Um, but I can't remember why I, was, I ever had the CD. I must have... The, th- the thing is that the, the whole thing about this kind of era is that we look back and we think, how did I kind of... Like there was a video for it, yeah, I wish and I, I was saying, well. yeah, it was quite touching, um, and I'll get onto that. But I was trying to remember how I had the video because, or how I how I was able to play it quite a lot because I remember seeing it a lot and being like watching it. It must but have been music have YouTube, channels, right? But it can't have been music channels because I it was I it was somewhere where I was able to keep rewatching. We couldn't rewind anything back. And I, I, I have no idea. Unless it truly on, is a mystery. On CDs, if they had like a, a version, ROM. a CD ROM, if they had a version <laughs> where you could, there, have, there was a film on it, or yeah, I, I really have no idea. I, I can't go back and think about where I would have seen it. But anyway, the video was, it, the song is kind of about suicide, I think. Yeah. Um, from what I remember, anyway. Uh, and. I just think it was probably one of the first times I'd ever listened to a song and like, cried or had like a, a real yeah. emotional connection to it. And I don't think at 10 I really understood things about suicide and things like that. But you get from the video and you get from the lyrics what all of that means. Yeah. And I think I remember the kind of revelation I was having by the end of just realising what it meant. Yeah. I think you see like an ambulance at the end. Yeah, and the song it, itself has got quite a strong narrative thread yeah. running through it in the lyrics. It's not it it's not abstract by any means, is mm. it? You know, it's straight to the I say straight to the point, but you know, no one's missing what the meaning of that song is. No. That's probably why it was it was really thrown in my yeah. face about what this yeah. song is. Um let's play the track so we get you know, we can really sink ourselves into it again. But um yeah, this is Kelly Rowland with Stole. He was always such a nice boy, the quiet one with good intentions. He was down for his brother, respectful to his mother, a good boy, but good don't get attention. One kid with the promise, the brightest kid in school, he's not a fool. Reading books about science and smart stuff, it's not enough, no, cause smart don't make Broken fuse. Since he walked through that classroom door, he's all over prime time. 
artists we was hanging in. Some guys were putting them down, pulling them round, round, round. Now I wish I would have talked to him, give him the time of day, and I turn away. If I would have been the winner, maybe told the spot. He might have stayed at home playing angry chords on him. Kelly Rowland, uh, yeah. A nice song. A tender song. A very, very, very tender song. Probably one of the most tender we're going to be playing tonight. Yeah. I mean, it's a song I, I remember very well from the time, and I do think I had a slight soft spot for it, but as I'm going to come on to, miles away from where my he- head was at by this point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, where was your head at? <laughs> where was my Brothers. head at? Um, as Basement Jacks famously asked. I just said Chemical Brothers, sorry. Oh, did you? Yeah. Wh- which one was it? I think it was Basement Jacks. No, you're right, it was Basement Jacks. Uh, <laughs> move on, stuff. move on, move on. I'm moving on. So, around this time, I'm 11, 12, 13, very much. So many ages for uh, one year. <laughs> <laughs> no, in a little kind of era, that kind of... When I think of Naughty's music, I think of, yeah, the very beginnings of my teens. I was never, I would never say I was like a particularly overly kind of moody, emo type kid. I think I was always fairly responsive, fairly outgoing. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, 
my kind of interests and my uh, kind of frustrations at the world were kind of starting to grow, starting to become a little <laughs> bit of, you know, you know that kind of when you're going through puberty and yeah. you kind of just hate things a little bit. Um, and basically the music that spoke to me at that time was very much kind of pop punk stuff. Mm. Um, I got hugely into, you know, Newfound Glory, All American Rejects, Simple Plan, Blink-182, Jimmy Eat World, that kind of stuff. Like really, really was my kind of wheelhouse. I was... Um, because a lot of it... Um, I guess kind of like the reason I talk about liking the Smiths and Morrissey now because I feel like it speaks to you. Yeah. Although some of it wasn't necessarily the most kind of brilliant music that stands the test of time. Like it did speak about being a kind of frustrated kid. Yeah. Um so there's and there's so much of that music that although I don't go and listen to on a daily basis, when I hear songs from those kind of bands, I do really love them. And yeah, I I think they're 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 they don't stand the test of time in terms of it sounds like something that could come out today. Yeah. It's that very much takes you back to a time. Yeah. But I think I clearly heard all those songs in a very formative period in my life because my recall of them and the, you know, the way I know every word to every single song, uh, you know, it's, it's stuck in there for a reason. Um, isn't it 13 is the age that you most remember music that you listen to that could well be the case and it would make sense for the stuff it's the time your brain is at a point where it develops and you have the most emotional connection to that music so everyone basically everyone the music they were listening to at that specific time is stuff that they will forever like really yeah well i mean the signs are promising because i'm well past that point now and like i say i still love it Mm. um so out of all those bands though there was one who for me were the kings I was an absolute diehard Good Charlotte fan. Like, yeah. to an unbelievably extreme extent to where I'd go weeks and weeks and weeks not listening to anything but Good Charlotte. I got into them when uh, when their first album, the self-titled Good Charlotte, came out. And I remember I remember hearing a f- having a few songs going around, which I liked, and I remember the release day, and I remember going to get it and just being like, beside myself with excitement and now when I listen to that every single every single word to every single song is there it's one of those where as soon as one song finishes I start singing the next song it's just totally implanted in my mind and they were kind of they were kind of my first musical love that I found myself or one of them anyway but also a little bit like my first heartbreak like I remember when the second album came out um, and Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous became a huge hit and really resenting it because I didn't want to like what everyone else liked at that point. Like I really enjoyed the fact that my like this kind of, even though it was kind of American pop punk that didn't really have any connection to a kid in suburban England. Yeah. I felt like it was mine, and kids at school didn't like it. Um, That's what I had with Arctic Monkeys. Is yeah. That oh, there was this band that Harry keeps listening to that nobody. Yeah. Knew. But they were much closer to home, so it's kind of. There's, it makes more sense why you'd feel such ownership about it. But yeah, I, I liked the fact that other kids didn't like it. So I was, yeah, I was there. I'm listening to Kerrang. I'm, <laughs> you know, that's the kid I am. I've got, you know, sort of skater kind of clothes on. And did you have black and white checked vans? No, I didn't. I had, ri- I was a big fat wide skater shoe kid. 
Okay. You know, like the really chunky ones, like DCs or something like that. I was just a big fat um, white kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Good Charlotte were my guys, and I'm going to play a song by them, which the lyrics are so perfect for how I felt at this point that it's almost ridiculous. Uh, just, I mean, you just have to listen to it, but the first two lines are, don't care about a thing today, I used to, but I'm fed up. And it's just like, I, that's, I was just, I was just aggy. Like, I, was, I, was, I wasn't like a tearaway. Just a yeah, just like, Ugh. oh, for God's sake. <laughs> that was just me summed <laughs> up. I don't want dinner now. <laughs> yeah, it's only mum. The song's called Festival Song, and I still love it, so here it is. <laughs> was good charlotte with festival song uh yeah just so so unbelievably yeah me i think the first album of theirs actually i found was the green one the family in the lounge on the, with the tv 
Yeah, I mean, that's a great cover, that record. Um, I just it, remember seeing it in Woolworths. Yeah. And, and I, uh, my, my dad bought it for me. Yeah. It's The Young and the Hopeless is the yeah. record. Um, but on the TV screen is like an atomic bomb going off. So there's something mm. really kind of dark and disturbing about that image. Um, and again, they, I, I wonder whether they knew that they were tapping into such a kind of teenage mindset or if they were just like that themselves because they so. were a bit older yeah but they're probably, they're probably 23 or something they probably weren't as old as you think no they just seemed older yeah. I remember because there's twins in the band uh, mm. the lead singer and I think he was the bass player but one of them had like the biggest spikes like individual yeah. spiked up spike hair and I honestly thought that was the coolest look of all time I'd have done anything to look like that at the Jeez. time yeah I was fully I was in Chains hanging off my jeans. That was another big look for me then. Really? Yeah. Horrible now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they all yeah. look so strange. Yeah. Great times. Yeah. Uh, so where are you taking us next, Harry? Next, I am taking us uh, to the year before the last, uh, which was 2002, mm-hmm. um, for an artist that I thought was the best in the world, I think, at this time. Uh, the artist is Daniel Bedingfield. I think he thought he was the best in the world at this yeah. time too. I seem to remember him having a big ego. I don't really don't think I remember too much about the whole thing. All I know is that his sister kind of went on to do a little bit more. Natasha. Yeah. Yeah. Although I definitely remember his songs more so than hers. You must remember a few of hers. Oh, that. if I heard them, I'd sing the along to them. still unwritten. Oh, of course. <laughs> but um, Daniel Bellingfield was like... I, do you know where I think I heard it first? Actually, a karaoke machine. Really? So my mum, my mum bought this. I remember you having a karaoke machine. Yeah, mum and dad bought us this. Like it's re- it was really massive thing. Yeah. Like no, it's, like it's a just a hi-fi. CD. <laughs> yeah, right. It was a proper like hi-fi thing with cassette tapes. Me and my brother used to make our own radio shows. Actually, oh, yeah, before oh, tracks. Um, I can't remember what he called it, but I used to do um Imagine interviews. It was called tracks. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we used to actually do these radio shows um, with this thing, and I used to do... We used to do interviews, but I used to play different characters. Of course you did. And I used to play Ali G quite a lot. <laughs> I can't remember how I did it. It was probably uh, wrong. Yeah. I'm sure I was racial at times <laughs> with certain things. I, I don't know. I was 11. Yeah, it was a different era. Well, that, no, he was just... He wasn't... He was just uh, like a... G, wasn't he? He was Ali G. He was just a chav. Yeah, although he used to say he's excited black. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> is it gay? Is it? Oh, I don't know. Is it gay, eh, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and I think if you're not the one, then why does my that tune, which was Daniel Bedingfield, was on there, and my mate Ben from school used to come round and we used to sing it together. <laughs> I don't wanna run away. Again. I could do it all again. Um, in front of, I think, the family. Like, it was weird. I don't know what happened there. I don't know why. <laughs> I was such a performer as a kid, and then you suddenly were. I just hated it. It's quite, like, I think it might not necessarily be performance. I was never a performer. I was always shy. But I think mm. most people, they have a certain aspect that was part of their personality when they were kids, which you kind of think, oh, it would have been great if I'd managed to keep hold of that. Whether it's, like, being artistic or performing or like you know whatever it is 
You just kind of lose things over the years. I was a creative performer who liked to act and play in that. School broke me. (laughs) And then I tried to keep all of that inside. And it's difficult to get out. And I blame school. That's probably why I hate school so much. Yeah. It's because it made me a different person. Thanks, school. (laughs) I can almost see it over there. hate it. Anyway, Daniel Bedingfield. There's a track which is... We had to listen to it earlier. And I'd almost forgotten how... Firstly, classic it is. Didn't we say, oh yeah, so it was a number one for this year. And then Christmas came along. Yeah, this was, I was looking through all the number ones of uh, the noughties. And this went to number one at the very end of November, around the 24th of November. It was there Mm. for a couple of weeks. Then it was knocked off the top spot by uh, Robbie Williams and Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Doing, I think it's Cold Outside or something like that. A Christmassy kind of song. Yeah. And then, as soon as the new year kicked in, this is back. What's the tune? Gotta get through this. Exactly. Everyone's just like, I gotta get through this. I gotta get through this. It's this weird kind of garagey... I think it was a remix, actually, but it, it was. I think it's the only version. And then there's like some acoustic ones, which I haven't heard, because I don't yeah. want them to ruin it for me. Um, but it's it's just an absolute tune. And if you're doing a naughty's party... I, I like to think Drake yeah. played this. Yeah. It's very uh, of the era, isn't it? It's It's iconic yeah um even if you didn't go on to do a lot after i mean they um, were a fascinating pair of the bedding fields because mm-hmm. were they rich well this is what i don't why i think they're fascinating is with all due respect to them yeah they didn't have the best voices yeah they weren't the best looking people in the world strange yeah like nothing about them screamed pop star yet both of them had big careers in the yeah. noughties for some reason i mean I would like to look into the stories actually because I'm gonna I'm gonna make my own. Rich parents got writers behind them, or just Boom. like, or just really talented. Yeah, I I reckon <laughs> he might have just like had a had a knack with the kind of beats. I reckon yeah. he made this beat, and people just Although kind of it was a remix. I reckon he remixed this beat. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Let's play the track anyway yeah. and take people back to 2002 when things really started to kick off.
So that was Daniel Bedingfield with I Gotta Get Through This Wicked. Uh, Tim, where are we going now? So after I'd sort of done my pop punk thing, I never completely grew out of, but as I was getting like a little bit older, I remember very specifically kind of enjoying any music that I could find that it felt like I shouldn't really be listening to. And I, or like if my mum said, I'd turn that off if it was on a music channel or Mm. something like that. I started to really like that. So I got into the likes of like Disturbed, Stained, uh, Audio Slave. Yeah. System of a Down. Oh yeah. That kind of thing. Him and sort of chief among all those people was Marilyn Manson. I don't know if I actually... I I definitely remember being fascinated by Marilyn Manson, but whether I actually liked him or I just liked the fact that my mum didn't. And, like, I had an older sister who's sort of four years older than me, um, and she she was really quite a sort of goth at this point. Like, yeah. very, very into... That like, pop-punk thing is kind of going down that route, isn't yeah. it? It's not there, but it's... Again, it's... It's on its, it's way. The, it's the Kerrang world. I was very much living in there. Um, and I remember she was into Marilyn Manson, my sister. Um, and I remember her giving me a CD and my mum saying, oh, don't give that to him. Like, that, <laughs> you know, this one's okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't disturb him like that. Um but I, I really did, for a while, have a bit of a fascination with this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And actually, doing research for this episode, listening to a few of the songs, I can see why. Because the sort of some of the heavier riffs is not a million miles away from some of the stuff I listen to together. To, together? It's not a million miles away from some of the stuff I listen to today. And... There is there is a catchiness to them. There is a sort of almost a pop element to some of these songs. Um, he covered obviously a number of kind of classic eighties tracks, like um, like "Sweet Dreams Are Made of These." He was you know he was he was playing around with that kind of stuff, but making it this kind of scary American. Again, America. I was really fascinated with American stuff as well. Yeah, I really well, was. I didn't know I was, but everything I listened to at that time was yeah. from there. Um, but yeah, this, as far, as close as I ever went to a rebellion was like my sort of Marilyn Manson stage. And I was still sort of dressing the same, but everything had gone black by now. Like I, the band I mentioned earlier, Disturbed, I remember having a Disturbed hoodie that I'd bought from this really weird sort of gothic shop, which had like, um, belts made out of like gun, like bullet things. Yeah. And like... Uh, yeah, almost sort of going to that really kind of gothic steampunk kind of odd look. But uh, yeah, I went in there and they had a load of band hoodies and I chose the Disturbed one. So I'm like this, yeah, sort of 14 year old kid walking around with Disturbed written across his chest. (laughs) (laughs) It's a problem, Uh, child. (laughs) um, Yeah, so this was as close as I ever got to Rebellion. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe we're not going to ring up my mum again, but like if you ask my parents, maybe I was a bit of a rat and a bit of a you know pain in the ass during this period no bad. I like to think that I was still quite friendly and quite <laughs> nice but who knows um, but yeah I'm going to play a bit of Marilyn Manson because he'll never ever get a play on here ever again probably so 
but also I think I think you'll maybe when you listen to this song be slightly surprised at the sort of content of it um well I've always found him a really interesting person and a very smart person I remember in the bowling for Columbine um documentary he does this he, he has this great bit where he talks about everyone's sold on fear yeah you know if you don't get this spot cream then no one will love you if you don't or kiss you if you don't do this no one will like you blah 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 and I, it's always stuck with me but i just he, remember being like yes he's very much uh nothing he does is an accident i don't think you know the whole image and the whole mm. persona is very much created and it's created to make a point and it is kind of social commentary and he was he must have put out an album or going on tour or something a few years ago because i I think he was on Joe Rogan, he was on Mark Maron, he was on a few things kind of doing the promo tour. And he does say some really interesting things. He also yeah. sort of plays on the idea that he's a lunatic and wants to try and scare people. But I th- I think there is an interesting artist in there. I, th- um, I really do think that. And, I, you know, we talk about, you know, for, for instance, certain people like gorillas who, who use this kind of... Um, you know they can reinvent themselves because they can be whoever they want to because they're under a guise kind of thing yeah and i forget that people like him have you know have been doing that a lot longer yeah absolutely um so i'm going to play the song mob scene and i'm going to enjoy it i hope you are too nice
So you have it. That was Marilyn Manson with Mob Scene. And Harry, I think this is your third and final pick. Yep. Um, now, mine has actually just changed within the last few minutes. <laughs> this is why I was looking at my phone, Tim, when you were speaking. I was listening. I was just having a, f- a few thoughts. And it was because I was going to play um, the track, the the title track of Malcolm in, in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, which was by... They Might Be Giants. They Might Be Giants. <laughs> and the reason why I'm not going for it is because... And we can talk a little about it. That it was from a classic noughties show. Yeah, and a show which was very, very like of the era. It's not it's not one that's really had many reruns as far as I'm aware. Not over here anyway. I don't it's probably on something like Comedy Central or something, but But despite the fact that it was huge at the time, I feel yeah. like it kind of came and went. Yeah. It was just a noughties phenomenon. Yeah. I mean it started January two thousand, ended in two thousand six. So it spanned that, that, you know, early slash mid noughties time. Um, But the reason I'm going to go for this track that I'm going to pick is just because I want to show the stuff that I was into of that time. Um, And and something just clocked in my head as we were speaking about something that really takes me back to school and this kind of whole period. Um... Now, the track is from 2003 again. Mm-hmm. This seems to be a real era in my life where yep. I was just really cl- cl- clinging on to things. And it comes from an album called Elefunk. Black Eyed Peas. By the Peas. Black Eyed Peas. And I just completely forgot about them. Um, and I just saw them in a list. I was like, yeah. Because Where Is The Love? I can't remember if we've ever played it on the show. But it, it was like the first time I remember a song just being known and loved by everybody around me at school and like it was on everything and it was it was known by everyone everyone would sing along to the whole thing everyone knew the video everyone just shared their love for Black Eyed Peas and I remember going and buying the album and I forget about all these albums I'd had and I just I thought it was just uh, Justin Timberlake and Bob Marley, and then I was seventeen. But there were <laughs> there were so many things in between that I that I'd had that I just completely forgot about. But um, I wanted to play this track because it was kind of monumental in that period. Yeah, not just for me, but for for a lot of people. Like it was this huge kind of R and B hip hop group that had just kind of stolen England, like. This- my memory of this song coming out as well is that they just came from nowhere. Yeah, and that's what put I out the biggest song in years. Yeah, you know, it, it just poof all of a sudden. And um, I don't, I guess, two thousand three. So it was, you know, it's post nine eleven. It was. Yeah. I don't know what had happened maybe in two thousand three, but it was just this quite political song yeah. as well. That you know, in the in the in its own pop kind of way yeah, I mean it, it, it was trying to say something wasn't it it was trying to say something and I think the message was heard by a lot of people yeah I feel like the world was brought together for a very short <laughs> amount of time um, but let's go for this track because it's an absolute classic um, maybe some people don't like it now because it's quite overheard and blah 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 but it's, it's you know it's been quite a while um, so let's play uh, Where Is The Love by The Black Eyed Peas What's wrong with the 
The whole world's addicted to the drama Only attracted to things that'll bring the trauma Overseas, yeah, we trying to stop terrorism But we still got terrorists here living In the USA, the big CIA The Bloods and the Crips and the KKK But if you only have love for your own race Then you only leave space to discriminate And to discriminate only generates hate And when you hate, then you're bound to get irate Yeah, madness is what you demonstrate And that's exactly how anger works and operates Man, you gotta have love just to set it straight Take control of your mind and meditate Let your soul gravitate to the love, y'all, y'all People killing, people dying Children hurting, hitting, crying Can you practice what you preach And what you turn the other cheek Father, 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 help us Send some guidance from above These people got me, got me questioning Where is the Information always shown by the media Negative images is the main criteria Infecting the young minds faster than bacteria Kids wanna act like what they see in the cinema yeah. Whatever happened to the values of humanity Whatever happened to the fairness and equality Instead of spreading love, we're spreading animosity Lack of understanding leading us away from unity That's the reason why sometimes I'm feeling under That's the reason why sometimes I'm feeling down It's no wonder why sometimes I'm feeling under Gotta keep my faith alive and love is found Now ask yourself
that was Where Is The Love by Black Eyed Peas. Um, this has been so difficult, Tim. What is your last one on there? My last pick, I think um, I'm choosing because it provides a bit of a link, really, between what I was what I was like back then and my who I am now and my kind of music taste now. Um, very much still going back to, like, my black hoodie, black everything, uh, slightly heavier phase. I remember Boxing Day. I've just got some Christmas money. Mm. I've gone out into town with, I think with my parents, but I was, like, allowed to sort of wander off a bit. And I remember going into Virgin Megastores, which is no longer a thing, but it was a huge, huge CD music store in Brighton. It had, like, a huge upstairs bit, which... Oh, was that went Virgin? Went back forever. I thought it was HMV. That's where I got Justin Timberlake's tape. No, HMV was always the other side of the okay, shopping centre. Okay, it wasn't there then. It was just like on the corner and downstairs yeah. was fairly small, but you went upstairs and it was just vast. Mm. Like rows and rows and rows and rows of CDs. Um, and I remember fully expecting to go and get myself some like Marilyn Manson or something like that. And what kind of drew my attention was Outcasts, Speaker Box, The Love Below. Yeah. Which couldn't have been further away from most other things. You know, the the cover's really, really glossy. You've got um, you've got Big Boy there in his, like, fur coat and sort of on a throne and then split down the middle. And then the next side, you've got Andre 3000. He's got, like, this little kind of white hat, um, topless, looking kind of... I don't know. I don't know what he looks like just kind of his own his totally own thing maybe some like throwback 70s soul vibes now that you Mm. look at it but um you know looking a bit androgynous a bit kind of interesting a bit unlike anything else I'd really been exposed to I knew I'd known Outcast for a while obviously Miss Jackson was a big hit a few years before that which I think that was when I was in primary school I remember kids singing that um when was the roses well this that's this album right um and I think it just kind of... It was one of the first things that wasn't guitar music that I'd really taken an interest in. And this album, it couldn't have been a better kind of entrance point purely because there was just so much to it. Mm. It really was like... It was almost two projects in one. So Speaker Box was basically Big Boy's vehicle. It was a lot of hip-hop, a lot of rap. Um, more kind of, I guess, obvious stuff. This, the other side, Andre 3000 side, the love below. The wacky shit. It was wacky, and that's where Roses came. And it was all this kind of stuff which was kind of genreless mm. and kind of um, just so exciting. It was Hey Ya on the later record? Hey Ya was on the love, bo- on right. the love below side. Because um, I remember the first time hearing that, just being like, what is this? Yeah, exactly. And what, you know, what do they all look like? Yeah. You know, nothing about it kind of it wasn't wasn't trying to be cool no you know you look again to go back to something like remix ignition everything was trying to be really really cool and, and everyone sexy kind of, and stuff yeah and then you've just got this weird world that outcast are building mm. um and yeah i feel like it's always too easy to when you look back at history be like this is the moment i changed into something else but i do think like being exposed to Outcast at that point opened my sort of horizons up to all kinds of other stuff that then um, became of interest. Um, 
It's interesting the kind of period you've gone for, just because I've I've gone early noughties because I mean mainly because two thousand and six seven is where things change for me. But I've talked about that so much in yeah. terms of the Maccabees bomb, like all that stuff. So I've really gone for when I was quite a bit younger. What year was this? Do you know? This was two thousand and four. Okay, so up. it's not far from where I'm going then. Well, I think the 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 fact is that. For me, this is what your 2006-7 was, because I'm a couple of years older than you. Yeah. This was that era. Um, and yeah, I... When did the jangly indie come in? A, a little later. I mean, the guitar stuff never went away, but it was the strokes that... I mean, I, that, that yeah. stuff was always running in the background too. I loved the Libertines. I loved the strokes. Yeah. Um, but it took a while for that to become... It's, that's the thing when you're younger you're trying out all different things that's what I mean with my Marilyn Manson one as well I wasn't a huge Marilyn Manson head but I was just sort of dipping into it and being like is this me? I yeah. think I like it but you take things from yeah. there and it moves you into new places yeah and, and then when you look back you see lineage sort of running through it and you're like yeah. oh yeah that was actually what I liked about all those things whereas I kind of had you know early noughties was my listening to basically R&B and hip hop solely yeah. and then indie and then I completely left all that stuff yeah. for quite a long time until like 2011 or 12. And I was like, oh yeah, rap and stuff. That's yeah. good. And then I refound it again. And it's like, you just yeah. got to wonder what the next phase will be. Yeah. But yeah. When we're looking back at the... T- when? T- what were we in? Tens? Tensies? I don't like this one. Yeah, the teens. I think it's tensies. Ugh. Grim. Disgusting, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and then twenties. We're going to be in the... 20s again. Yeah, the 20s is right. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I've gone back in time. <laughs> I'm from the 20s. Um, so did I actually play the song? I didn't play a song, did I? No. I'm going to play Roses, of nice. course. Absolute classic. It's Outcast. Here it is.
was hardly acting naughty I said, shawty, would you call me? She said, pardon me, are you balling? I said, darling, you sound like a prostitute pausing Oh, so you're one of them freaks Get geeked at the sight of an ATM receipt But game been peaked Dropping names, she's weak Tricking off, this bitch is lost Mistake me for a geek, uh Quick way to eat, uh Deep place to sleep, uh Run a car for a week, uh Treat for a treat, no Go on the raw sex, my ace test is flawless Regardless, we don't wanna get involved with all them lawyers It's judges, just the whole grudges in the courtroom I wanna see your support, bro, and I support you Roses, and that brings to a close our throwback noughties episode. Mm. How many of the songs that we've picked do you think played at Drake's party? I like to think all of them. <laughs> no, <laughs> not Kelly Rowland. I bet that did play. Maybe, Maybe that was a slow song. bit at the end. You can't really dance. I don't think that. Marilyn Manson played. I don't no. think Good Charlotte played. No. Beddingfield definitely, definitely did. Definitely Outcast. Outcast definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. Be good to get like a DJ set list. Yeah, I'd be intrigued to know. Do you reckon, like, yeah, they went for that, and it looked like they were pretty involved in naughty stuff. 
Part of me thinks Drake would also just play a bunch of his tracks from now. Drake's Slash. exactly the kind of person who would play loads of his own songs at his own yeah. birthday party. And then, with no sense of irony whatsoever. Yeah, right. Let's play my whole album <laughs> yeah, for four yeah. hours. Yeah. It's really long, Drake. It's about 40 songs. I was <laughs> just sat down. <laughs> Lay down your bed and poop. Well, we hope he had a good time at his party anyway. Yeah. Just as we hope you guys had a good time listening to this episode. <laughs> See yeah. what I did there. Nice. Um... It's been a fun one, a bit of a rambly one. Bit of a rambly one is is hard not to. We could have done a ten hour podcast with going yeah. through stuff. Like it's... I feel a bit bad that I couldn't get so many more things in there. I know, I know. What are you gonna do? Yeah, there's some stuff I really would have liked to have played, mm. but maybe we'll do it another time. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a million more episodes to come. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, it's nearly one o'clock in the morning here, so we're gonna <laughs> wrap this up. Um. I've been Tim. I've been Harry. This has been Tracks, and taking us out is kind of Mr. Naughty's. Yeah. Because he's also a little bit naughty. <laughs> it's Eminem. May I have your attention, please? May I have your attention, please? Will the real Slim Shady please stand up? I repeat, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? We're going to have a problem here. Y'all act like you never seen a white person before Jaws all on the floor like Pam Like Tommy just burst in the door We started whooping her ass worse than before They first were divorced Sewing her over furniture It's the return of the Oh wait, no wait, you're kidding He didn't just say what I think he did, did he? And Dr. Dre said Nothing, you idiots Dr. Dre's dead He's locked in my basement Feminist women love him and them Chicka, 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 slim shady I'm sick of him Look at him Walking around Grabbing his you-know-what Flipping the you-know-who Yeah, but he's so cute, though Yeah, I probably got a couple of screws Up in my head loose But no worse than what's going on In your parents' bedrooms Sometimes I wanna get on TV And just let loose But can't But it's cool for Tom Green To hump a dead moose My bum is on your lips My bum is on your lips And if I'm lucky You might just give it a little kiss And that's the message That we deliver to little kids And expect them not to know What a woman's glitter is is. Of course they're gonna know what in the course is By the time they hit fourth grade They got the Discovery Channel, don't they? We ain't nothing but mammals Well, some of us cannibals Who cut other people open like cantaloupes But if we can hump dead animals and antelopes Then there's no reason that a man and another man can't elope But if you feel like I feel, I got the antidote Women wave your pantyhose, sing the chorus and it goes I'm Slim Shady, yes I'm the real Shady All you other Slim Shadies are just imitating So won't the real Slim Shady please stand up Please stand up, please stand up Cause I'm Slim Shady, yes I'm the real Records. Well, I do, so fuck him and fuck you too. You think I give a damn about a Grammy? Half of you critics can't even stomach me, let alone stand me. But Slim, what if you win? Wouldn't it be weird? Why? So you guys can just lie to get me here, so you can sit me here next to Britney Spears. She Christina Aguilera better switch me chairs, so I can sit next to Carson Daly and Fred Durst and hear him argue over who she gave head to first. Little bitch, put me on blast on MTV. Yeah, he's cute, but I think he's married to Kim. <laughs> Download our audio on MP3 and show the whole world how you gave him an MVD. I'm sick of you little girl and boy groups, all you do is annoy me. So I have been sitting here to destroy you. And there's a million of us just like me, who cuss like me, who just don't give a fuck like me, who dress like me, walk, talk, and act like me, and just might be the next best thing, but not quite me. I'm Slim Shady, yes, I'm the real Shady. All you other Slim Shadies are just imitating. So won't the real Slim Shady please stand up? Please stand up, please stand up. Cause I'm Slim Shady, yes, I'm the real Shady. Slim shadies are just imitating, so won't the real Slim Shady please?
Cause I'm only giving you things you joke about with your friends inside your living room. The only difference is I got the balls to say it in front of y'all, and I don't gotta be false or sugarcoated at all. I just get on a mic and spit it, and whether you like to admit it, I just shit it better than 90% of you rappers out, kid. Then you wonder how can kids eat up these albums like volumes? It's funny, cause at the rate I'm going when I'm 30, I'll be the only person in a nursing home flirting. Pinching nurses' asses when I'm jacking off a jerkins and I'm jerking, but this whole bag of Viagra isn't working. And every single person is a slim shady lurking. He could be working at Burger King, spitting on your onion rings, or in the parking lot circling, screaming, I don't give a fuck, with his windows down and the system up. So will the real shady please stand up and put one of those fingers on each hand up and be proud to be out of your mind and out of control? And one more time, loud as you can, how does it go? I'm slim shady, yes, I'm the real shady. All you other slim shadies are just imitating. So won't the real slim shady please stand up? Please stand up, please stand up. Cause I'm slim shady, yes, I'm the real shady. All you other slim shadies are just imitating. So won't the real slim shady please stand up? Please stand up, please stand up. Cause I'm slim shady, yes, I'm the real shady. All you other slim shadies are just imitating. So won't the real slim shady please stand up? Please stand up, please stand up. Cause I'm slim shady, yes, I'm the real shady. All you other slim shadies are just imitating. So won't the real slim shady please stand up? Please stand up. Slim Shady and all of us. Bucky. Let's all stand up.